Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Well, welcome back to the Switch Leader Podcast. I am your host, Vince Parker. So happy that you are here with us today. Uh, today, with me, I have a very special guest with me, Mr. James Meehan. James, sir, how are you doing today? Oh, Vince, I am so good. Man, I don't know about you, but I just feel I'm super excited, you know, super pump switch in real life is back or as i like to call it swirl swirl switch irl okay all right listeners out there let us know how do you feel about the swirl you know maybe you're an old school like you used to go like the dairy queen get like the twist swirl (laughs) come on yes your favorite all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant gave you the free ice cream. You used to try to like remember like you could work at Dairy Queen. I used to try to do that. I never got it right. Like I could just like I got the first part, but I could never get that whole. You know, yeah. I just I need to stop and move on. James, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? <laughs> favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, man, I'm a cookies and cream all day long. Okay, okay. I'm, I like cookies and cream. I like chocolate. Do you have a favorite ice cream place? Like a place you love to get ice cream? Uh, not really. I don't really go to a lot of places to eat ice cream, but my wife makes really good homemade cookies and cream ice cream with all the like natural locally sourced, like organic raw milk plus like these gluten-free Oreos. And so it's still ice cream, but it feels a lot healthier and it tastes incredible. Bro, you need to share on this because I didn't know that Mandy made this and now that I do I will just randomly be showing up to your house so come on bro hey as long as you bring some barbecue we're here for okay it. we can do that ice cream for barbecue <laughs> my favorite ice cream shop is actually in Omaha so shout out to the Omaha campus I forget the name of it but it is amazing and so shout out to the people in the Omaha campus and Tommy Stegmar and all the great things you guys are doing up there James today we are talking about how to crush the first night of switch, right? How to crush the yep, first night of switch as a small group leader. I'm excited about this. I think it's going to be a super awesome topic. So let me ask you this. Yep. How does one actually crush the first night of switch? Like, what do you do? Is it like a five-step process? Do you just guess off the dome? Is it just you just show up unprepared and you just see what happens, like roll the dice, or do you actually go in with a plan? I mean, I think you could you could try some of those other things and see how it works. What what I do want to do is I want to share uh, five tips that I think will help our small group leaders make the most of the first night. And a lot of these I learned from starting with a sixth grade guys group back in July at the summer switch night that we did at the campus that I attend and I serve at Life Church Edmond. And it was one of those things where I knew going into it, I was just going to do everything I could to make that the best night possible. Because, you know, like my job is to create content, to support our youth pastors, our small group leaders, and to lead our students closer to Jesus. And so you better believe I went into that night ready to go. And thankfully, these really simple things actually worked out really, really well. And because of that, I really wanted to take some time to share with all of you, our small group leaders, some tips on how to make the first night the best it possibly can. Because what I know is that not every night of Switch feels the same, and not every night of Switch is supposed to feel the same. I think that this strategy we take 
to the first night actually should be a little bit different because it's the first night and we're setting the tone for everything that's to come later. And so I've got five tips that I want to be able to share with you that I think will be helpful. You have five tips. Is there like a bonus in there or just is it five and straight up five? I mean, it's five and straight up five. If we want to throw in some bonus tips along the way, I think that'd be great to be able to hear bonus tips from the one and only Vince Parker. So you'll get five tips from me plus potential bonus tips from Vince Parker along the way. Come on, somebody. Y'all better get ready. (laughs) Let's go, James. Crush it. Mm. All right. So am I just starting off? Tip number one? Tip number one. Let's go. What is it? All right. So tip number one, know your group know your group. Now, here's what's important to acknowledge is that for some of you, tip number one will help you realize that your group does not yet exist, (laughs) right? And if you don't yet have a group, but you're starting night one as a brand new small group leader, you're going to need to approach the night with a different strategy than somebody who's been with their group of high schoolers for the last five years. So for me, night one of uh, of Summer Switch back in July, I knew I was going in with the goal of getting with a group of sixth grade guys who were brand new to switch. And so I went to my sixth grade guys or middle school guys coach. And I said, Hey, here's what I'm hoping to do. I really want a group of sixth grade guys that are fresh in at switch. I want to start a brand new group with them because my goal is to go all the way through middle school and high school with them. I want to be their leader for the next seven years until they graduate. That's my goal. And so I knew that my group was going to be brand new sixth grade guys. And I went into the night with that understanding. Now, depending on if you're new to Switch, you're coming back to Switch after, you know, for the first time after all things 2020, maybe you've been consistently with your group for a while, how your group currently exists is going to determine the strategy you bring to the first night of Switch. So I would suggest tip number one, know your group. Where are you starting from? And then from there, we can come up with a game plan to figure out where you want to go. Vince, do you have any other thoughts on that? No, I think that's very important. One of the reasons that's very important, uh, if you ever use like Google Maps or Waze or anything like that. Okay. To get where you're going, you have to not only know the final destination, but the starting destination. Mm, Come on. I will give you an example. I was one time at our Fort Worth campus, shout out to Casey down there and all the major leagues at Fort Worth. And I wanted to go to this place called Lolo's Chicken and Waffles. James, you know how I love chicken and waffles. (laughs) I Come on, literally, man. I put in Lolo's Chicken and Waffles address. I was going to meet Nick Domasic. Shout out to you, Keller, there. And literally, for some reason, my GPS said seven hours. or so. It was like this astronomical length of time. And I was like, what is up? And for some reason, my phone thought I was like in Minnesota or something. <laughs> and if I had begun to follow those directions, it would have taken me all off crazy course. And so... To know where you're going, yes, the end destination is important, but you have to know where you're starting. And knowing your group is a great way to know where you're starting. Mm, Come on. So know your group. What grade? What age? How long have they been together? Are they new? Are they established? What does your group need? What are they struggling with? And that's laying the foundation of where we're starting from so we can get to where we want to go. That's tip number one. Know your group. Tip number two, have a goal. Have a goal a goal, right? When you know your group, that's the starting place. But what Vince just walked us through is this idea that, great, I know where I'm starting from, but where am I trying to go? And so for me, going into that night of summer switch with this brand new group of sixth grade guys, I knew that what I was hoping to accomplish was for this first night 
to make connections, to get to know every single one of those guys, to learn their names, and to learn one or two things about them that would help me remember who they were as individuals. That was the first thing I wanted to do. After that, I wanted to get their contact information so that I could follow up between then, which was like the second week of July, and August 18th, kickoff of the fall semester, because I knew it was going to be quite a bit of time. So that was the second thing I want to do. The third thing I want to do was meet their parents, because we are a ministry that recognizes that the most important influence in the life of a parent or in the life of a student is their parent. We also recognize that that's not the only influence that those students need. And that's why small group leaders, you, your role as a switch leader matters so much because you are playing a part in supporting those students and partnering with those parents to help these young people become fully devoted followers of Christ. So I went into that night knowing I wanted to make connections with the guys in my group, get contact information so I could follow up with them later and meet their parents. And with that very clear goal in mind that shaped how I thought about every part of the night. Like literally, I remember having the uh, these new sixth graders be brought to me in the lobby. And as they were brought to me, I introduced myself, asked them their name. I asked them about it, things they cared about. What do they do for fun? And then as other sixth grade guys were brought to me, I reintroduced myself to those guys. And I had the other guys introduce themselves to them. And so that by the time the worship started for that night, we had a group of 10 sixth grade guys who had never been to switch, who had all learned each other's names, learned a few interesting facts about each other. And I had a pretty good idea of the personalities and dynamics of those different guys so that throughout the course of worship and the message and before we got to small groups, I had a pretty good idea of what students I needed to watch out for because there were a couple of them in particular who I knew if I wasn't paying attention, you better believe they were going to be causing a huge distraction (laughs) during worship. But I wouldn't have learned that had I not taken the time to make those personal connections on the front end, to learn names and to figure a little bit about what those guys liked, what they didn't like, how they were wired and what their personalities were. And so for you, as you are stepping into this night of switch, What is your goal? What are you hoping to accomplish, right? First, we know our group so that we know where we're starting from. Second, we set a goal so that we know where we're trying to get to. And those are the first two out of five. We've still got more to go, but before we get there. Those are great. Vince, what are the thoughts you got, man? Man, I I love that. And this is what I love about that, is that you set a nice short-term goal that will help you in the long term. So instead of going in being like, hey, God's going to use me to fix whatever's going on in this teenager's life. If they don't study well, God's going to use me to fix the fact they don't study well. If they're having messed up relationships, God's going to use me to fix that. Like, those are all great long-term goals. Like, God's going to use me to lead them to be the best fully devoted follower of Christ ever. Great long-term goal. But the best way to get to long-term goals is to start off with short-term goals. No matter who your favorite athlete is, you know, the ones that win the championships, they don't start off with their very first goal being, I'm going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to win the NBA Finals. I'm going to win the Olympics. The first part is I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to get to the gym. I'm going to go to, I'm going to practice. My goal is to get to practice five times this week. My goal is two, and you've got to start with those short. So what I love about that is it's like, hey, it's okay to have these short-term goals because they will lend to the long-term goals taking effect and you have a much better chance of making those things happen if you're doing the basics. And I just love that because sometimes I know I do it. I'm guilty of overlooking past something because it's shiny and it's bright and it's really cool and knowing, hey, I want to read my Bible in a year. 
I actually should just probably wake up every day and read just a little bit of my Bible and I'll come close to reading in the year versus going, I want to read my Bible in the year. And I'm like, oh, I'll just get to it tomorrow. Basically, <laughs> Well done, Jay. That's so good. Well, and I like what you said there too, Vince, because it's the difference between setting input goals and output goals. Input goals are the goals that I set about what I'm going to do. Output goals are the things that I hope will come out of those inputs. And I think what you, that example you used is so good. Like if my output goal is I want to be closer to Jesus, then my input goal is I'm going to spend time reading God's word every day. If my output goal is I want to become a professional basketball player, my input goal might be I'm going to shoot 500 free throws every morning. If my output goal is to become a great chef, my input goal would be learn how to barbecue from Vince by going over to his house and spending time <laughs> with him when he starts to barbecue, right? Like, and, and that's the thing that I think is so helpful to think through because my output goal for my switch group is I want to create deep connections with these guys so that we will be together for the next seven years. So I have a long-term goal in mind, but I went into that night with the short-term goals of I want to learn names, get contact information, and meet parents. And those short-term things are much simpler and smaller and more manageable than this big long-term thing. But the long-term will never happen without the short-term. It's been said that if you want to eat an elephant, you got to do it one bite at a time. Come on, one bite at a time. So we're off to a great start. First two points are awesome. James, what is point number three? So tip number one, know your group. Tip number two, have a goal. Tip number three, connect the dots. Connect the dots. Now, here's what I mean by that. Ask yourself the question, as you're going through this night of switch, how does the content, the night, the programming, the worship, the games, the pre-experience extravaganza, how does all of that connect to the goal that you have for your group and the things that your group needs? So how does all of the elements of a night of switch help support the goal you have for your group and where you're trying to bring them? So for example, uh, Summer Switch was a night of switch at the movies where youth pastor Allison McCraw out in Rogers, Arkansas, taught through the message Instant Family by talking about what it means to be a part of the family of God. And throughout this message, Allison over and over again helped paint a picture for our students about the family that God has invited us into and that we're all called to contribute to. And so as this is happening, I'm realizing, oh, wow. This is so good, and I think it sets up our small group time so beautifully. So by the time we got to small group time, I just kicked off the small group conversation with the question, hey, we just spent 30 minutes learning about what it means to be a part of God's family. I really want our small group to feel like a great family. What would make our great group feel like a great family? And that's how I set up the conversation for small group, right? It wasn't the question that was in the leader guide, but it was a question that came from connecting the dots between Here's the goal I have for where I want our group to go. I know that our group is brand new. We've never been together before. And the message is setting up this idea of this is what the family of God is all about. That's what they've spent the last 30 minutes hearing. How does all of that come together to help set up some meaningful conversations? And through that question, I got to have a group of 10 sixth grade guys contribute to that conversation, describing to each other what they felt like would make this small group feel like a meaningful and close-knit family. It's good. It's real good. I like that. I, I think the thing that I like about that is how you set it up to the point where you're like, hey, this is a fact. Hey, he's got these group of guys. Here's another fact. Here are my goals. And here's another fact. Here's this information. Now, how do all these things tie in 
together. Like there's a way that they all tie in together. Now, obviously meeting for one night and having 45 minutes about time together so far between worship and a message and kind of the beginning hang time isn't a lot. And by most people's definitions, probably wouldn't be a family. But you taking them to a spot of like, hey, I recognize. Let's just talk about that fact. Like, how can we do that? And I love that you got their input. Absolutely. Right. Like, so you took what was established, right? And you just tied them together. So connecting to God is great. It's like kind of taking the pieces of a puzzle and you're just like, hey, that just fits right there. Like, that's just, that's nice and neat. That goes there. Connected us. Beautiful. Because my heart with that idea, Vince, of getting their input comes from the reality that all of us know this. We've seen it. We've experienced it where when people feel like they get to contribute to an idea or to a group, they care more about it, right? It's been said that when people weigh in, they're more likely to buy in. And what I recognize is that I can come to these sixth graders and bring all of my ideas to the table. And, you know, I, I think that they'd probably be good ideas because I've led a lot of different small groups before. But if they're all my ideas, that means they aren't the ideas of my small group. They aren't mm -hmm. the ideas of these sixth graders. And we're not in the business of producing a bunch of teenage followers. We're trying to build up a generation of leaders. That's why we call them not the leaders of tomorrow, but the leaders of today. Yes, we want them to follow Jesus. But as they follow Jesus, they will be leaders in their schools, their families, in their communities because they're following Jesus and they're going to bring other people along with them in that journey. And so as much as possible, I want to get their input. I want to hear their ideas. I want them to have a safe space where they can share, where they can dream, where they can brainstorm, even as 11 and 12 year olds who have probably never had space to do that before. And so, like I said, I was just connecting some dots between, I got a group of brand new sixth graders. The message was all about what it means to be a family of God. And my goal is to make some connections. So how can I accomplish all of those things based on what's happening in this night? Now, what's gonna be interesting is night one, of the fall semester of Switch in real life, we're kicking off a series called Kingdom People, where we're going to walk through some of Jesus's teachings about what it means to live according to the kingdom of God. And night one is going to be a big picture introduction of what it means to be a part of God's kingdom. And we're going to talk about some ideas around being kingdom people means being people led by Jesus, shaped by grace, and moved by love. Now, depending on where your group is, how long you've been together, the maturity level of your students, you might go a number of different directions with that content. Like, we will provide questions and suggestions in the leader guides that should be really helpful for you. But if you're stepping into that night as a brand new small group leader, here's my advice. My advice would be to ask a similar question that I asked my group after that night of Summer Switch where instead of saying, hey, this message was all about what it means to be part of the family of God, what would make our group feel like a family, maybe ask something like, hey, we just spent a lot of time learning about what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we talked about being people moved by love and shaped by grace and led by Jesus. What do you think it would look like for our group to be like that? How can we love each other? How can we have grace for each other? How can we help each other follow Jesus? What ideas do you have? Right, that might be a way that you connect the dots to help set the tone for the night and invite your students to contribute to the conversation. Which is super awesome because uh, Jerry Hurley says it like this, you can have an idea that's a 10, but if no one's bought into it, uh, if the buy-in's only a one, the idea is just a 10. But if <laughs> yes. you have an idea that let's say it's a four, come on, right? but people are bought into it, let's say like at a nine, 
well, then your idea is like a 36. Come on, dude. Right. And a 36 will take you much further than a 10. Yep. And how do you create buy-in? Well, you invite others to be a part of the process. So connecting the dots. I love it. Knowing your group, having a go, connecting the dots. But I'm be honest, James, you've worked with me for a while. So Come you on, know Vince. four is my favorite. <laughs> like, like number four like is, is my absolute favorite way to crush on the first time of switch. James, what is number four? Tip number four, ladies and gentlemen, adjust on the fly. Adjust Come on, on that's the it right fly. There. <laughs> Listen, Mike Tyson once said, everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. And I had a really get, great game plan for that night of switch with my guys. And then I got punched in the face because you know what? I asked the question, hey, y'all, we just spent the last 30 minutes learning about the family of God. I want our group to feel like a great family. What do you think would help us do that? And the first suggestion that one of these students threw out was, man, we need a personal ping pong table for just our group. <laughs> because, you know, that's, that's good, the okay. kinds of things that sixth graders say. The next suggestion was, oh, man, what if we bring like Chick-fil-A every week? And I'm like, okay, maybe some weeks, but I can't afford to do that every week unless y'all are, 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 are buying. Third suggestion was, hey, we need a SpongeBob knife. Now, that is a reference from the movie Instant Family where there's a scene where this little girl has this SpongeBob knife that's like a little plastic SpongeBob knife. She's covered in ketchup. It looks like she just murdered somebody with the SpongeBob knife. And of course, this 11-year-old boy thought that was the greatest thing ever. And so that's how the conversation started. And I could have very easily shut it down immediately in the moment to try to get back to where I was going. But if I ask for input from my guys and then immediately take a dump all over their ideas, what's that going to say to them? It's going to say, I don't really care about their input. It's going to say that, hey, it's my way or the highway. But again, yeah. that's not why I'm leading this group. I'm leading this group to help develop and empower these young people to follow Jesus well and to lead their friends and family closer to him. And so they're throwing out these crazy ideas. And Honestly, I just kind of went with the flow for a while. We had some fun. We spent the first five to 10 minutes of our small group time just laughing and throwing out crazy suggestions. And then when it started to kind of like settle down and some of the crazy ideas slowed down, I asked myself, okay, how do I, how do I bring this back to something meaningful? And so I said, hey, I think those are some really great ideas. Does anybody else have other ideas that you found in maybe friends that you look up to or your parents when like they're really kind to you? What are some of the things that they do? And that led us to eventually land on these three things that we wanted to commit to as a group. We wanted to be a group that listened to each other, that respects each other, and that shows up for each other. Now, the reason we got there was because we were willing to adjust on the fly. I was willing to go with the flow, follow where they were leading, and then start asking some strategic questions at the right time to get us to a place where we would all feel like, yeah, you know what? Actually, that's who we want to be. Yes, those other things are fun. We actually do want to have fun, but we're here for something more than that because we can have fun in all sorts of different places, but it's only here in the context of God's church, of the family of God, that we can actually have some of those deepest needs met. And so, like I said, with this group of sixth grade guys, we landed after the small group time conversation from night one of being together with deciding that we wanted to be a group that listens to each other, that shows up for each other, and that respects each other. And those weren't my ideas that I forced on them. Those are ideas that they all played a part in coming up with together. But I don't think that that would have happened if I was so set on making things happen 
my way because that would have just shut down the conversation. And even if they would have been good ideas, those guys wouldn't have been committed to those ideas. And that would have led to a much less effective and meaningful and involved small group conversation. Yeah, I, I just love that because it, it allows us to continually show up in the lives, not just of the students that we get to lead, but, but each other because yeah. life throws stuff at us. Come on, Vince. It, it just it just does. And as much as we have an intent and a plan, I, I think it's important that I think God adjusts for the fly on us because I think he has plans for us that we sometimes just <laughs> don't walk it out exactly the way that he would be like, hey, man, I had this set up for you perfectly. You didn't walk this out, but he adjusts on the fly. And I think yeah. by doing that, he's just showing us how much love and grace and Come compassion on. that he has for us. And I also loved how your three things you came up with in the end actually point back to how like we show up for each other. We listen to each other's shows that you listen to all those ideas. Like you didn't shut them down. You're like, no, we're going to listen to each other. So, so you listen. So you even showed them by listening to the ideas where you can maybe can't afford Chick-fil-A every week. And maybe there's not room for your group to have its own personal ping pong. <laughs> right. Right but you allow them to open up and share just like God allows us to open up uh, and share and then adjust on the fly at, in the same way. Jesus never changes. Come on. Uh, God just never changes, but all our past and all our guys are different for that. And we have to sometimes make adjustments based on the things that happen in life. So yes, adjust on the fly. My favorite of the top five so far. So know your group, have a goal, connect the dots. Shout out to adjust your fly. I'm say it twice. Adjust on the fly. <laughs> But the last one, James, what is it, sir? What is the Tip last Tip number one? five, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. And yes, I put follow-up three different times because it is that important. So here's the thing. I had a group of sixth grade guys who half of them did not have phones. And of those who did have phones, some of them only were able to like use their phone on Wi-Fi. And so for my group, figuring out how I was going to follow up looked a little bit different because like I said, they didn't all have phones. It wasn't as simple as, hey, let's just create a group text that we can all be in together. And so I took extra time at the end of our small group time. So we had 30 minutes to discuss. We talked about like the message and what it means to be a great family for 20 minutes. And then the last 10 minutes, we're coming up with a game plan on how are we going to stay connected between now and the first night of Switch in real life? And that's where I asked who all has phones. Okay, cool. Like, let me get your contact information. Let me get your parents' contact information. We traded out information. And then because only half of them actually had phones, I knew it was that much more important. It always matters, but it was that much more important for me to get the contact information of their parents. And so what I did was I, as much as I could, just got the contact information of those students who had phones. Those who didn't have phones, I wrote down on like piece of paper, old school, my name, my contact information and who I was and ask them, please get this to your parent. And, oh wait, your parents actually picking you up tonight? Great, I'm gonna walk with you to their car to meet them so that they can get my information, I can get their information and I can meet them face to face. For one of the kids, he was getting taken home by his older sister. And so I asked his older sister, hey, can you make sure that your brother gets this information to your parent? And so like, I was trying so hard to make sure that I had a way to follow up with these guys because here's the deal. It is one thing to show up for people on Wednesday night. It is another thing to show up randomly outside of that mm. for these people because that's where your students will really start to feel, oh, wow, 
this isn't just something you do for a couple hours a week, but you actually think of me when I'm not right in front of you, man, you must really care. And so what I did that night was got as many of their contact information as I could, gave out contact information for them to get to their parents. And then every single one of them who got picked up by their parents that night, I went with them to their car, introduced myself to the parent, got their contact information. And then the next morning I texted every single parent, kind of, I basically wrote out the same message, copy and pasted it to all the parents and just changed their name. <laughs> but like, listen, you don't have to tell them that. But I just t told every single parent, the next day, hey, it was so great to get to meet your kid and have him be a part of my small group. Uh, my name's James. I'm from the church. I'd love to know two questions. What's the best way to stay in contact with you moving forward? And how can I pray for you and your family? Like, And that's what I sent to every single parent. And I think all of them responded. Yeah, I think all of them responded. And so I was able to say, hey, thank you so much for responding. I'm praying for X, Y, and Z. And then I've got a note in my phone that has the kid's name, their parent's name, the things that they asked for prayer for. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to follow up with them. I'm texting them actually all tomorrow and let them know, hey, Switch in Real Life starts up next week. I'd love to see your kids there. If you have any questions, let me know. I've been praying for X, Y, and Z. Hope to see you soon. And all of that is because we know that what we do on Wednesday night can't just stay on Wednesday night because we're not just here to be babysitters one night of the week. We are here to lead these students to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And the more we show up for them randomly throughout the week, the more they're going to know that we really care about them. Yeah, I love that. I, I think you could say follow up a thousand times, like follow up to the power of 10. And I think it's what you're saying when you say it's when it happens when we show up randomly outside of that. Um, because when you think about it, this is probably the biggest key to anything at Switch. Um, they expect us to be there on a Wednesday night. They really do. But the, their determination of how they feel about you is how you actually follow up with them when they don't feel like you have to be there. Right. Right. Like when you're checking up on them, do you remember the test they're talking about? Are you can showing the concern and love that you have for them? And I just think that happens outside of a Wednesday night. And the best way to make that connection is through the follow up, not simply just by going, hey, I'm not here tonight. Because they know because you didn't show up. The follow-up is the key. Those were five amazing tips. James, well done. So know your group. Have a goal. Connect the dots. Adjust on the fly. Follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. And a bonus tip for you, have fun. Ooh, okay. And enjoy what you're doing. It's one of our core values. There's nothing more fun than serving God with the people that you love. Uh, know that God is immensely using you to make a difference in the life of a student. And use these five tips to crush your first night of switch in every single night. And these can work for you, whether you're a small group leader, a co-small group leader, switch Absolutely host not. team, switch safety, or a number of different teams that work in switch. So uh, for myself and James, man, we're so thoughtful and blessed to serve alongside of you, each of you, and all the amazing work that you do. James, anything you got to say before we get out of here? No, man. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be.